Welcome listeners to Sleep, Eat, Perform and Repeat. This is a podcast on high performance. It will be presented by myself, David Clancy, and my two co-hosts, Connor Gavin and Kieran Dunn. What we're striving to achieve here is figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why are they successful. Rate and review, share with your friends, but most importantly, enjoy. Hey guys, so today we chat to Jimmy Hensel, who is the founder of the Mayhem Mindset based over in the US. So we chat to Jimmy about the Mayhem Mindset itself, what it is and how it can be applied. He dispenses some life lessons to us. We chat about the common characteristics of successful people across high performance industries. We also chat about a few different concepts, including perfection versus excellence, being willing to fail, and also how he defines success. So if you'd like more info on this episode or any of our others, head over to our website on sleepyperformerpeat.com. Enjoy. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleepy Performer Peace. Today we have the pleasure of speaking to Jim Hensel, who Dave is going to introduce for everyone. So everybody, Jim is a coach of Mayhem Mindset, coming from a lot of CrossFit experience and exposure based out of Cookville, Tennessee. Comes up some with some really interesting quotes such as if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. In your greatest moment of opportunity or in your darkest hour, are you tough? And um, he really talks a lot about on values, clarity and vision. So we're really looking forward to tapping into what high performance means to Jim across the pond. So how's life, Jim? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking some time to talk to me today. Good stuff. So just tell us a little bit about what's going on in your schedule at the moment for the listeners and kind of, you know, it's morning there for you, but what have you been up to over the last couple of weeks? Well, let, let me do this because you, that last quote, I think, I think you said tough in your greatest moments of opportunity or your darkest hour. I think you said tough. Are you enough? Did I hear you right? Are you enough? I said, sorry. Are you enough? Yeah, I wanted to make sure we got that right. Foundationally, <laughs> everything I do is based on this question. I kind of think, I think we're, every one of us gets every day and get up every day and in some, some way or the other, we're. We're trying to prove we're enough. And so that's foundationally uh, the question for sure that we work from. Um, right now, we're kind of in, as far as schedule, right now, uh, may, Mayhem Freedom is training for the games, which is only just a few weeks away here, end of August. Or I'm sorry, end of July, 1st of August. And so everybody's training hard like crazy right now. Um, we just uh, yesterday opened up um, the Mayhem Mindset course. We have an online program. Uh, that people work through, and so we've been building and growing that course, and so we're opening up that to a new wave of people. So there's, it's exciting times for us. We're excited to be in people's lives and, and encouraging people to, to come forward. And, and what are the, what's the sort of demographic for people that you see that would be coming towards these courses? You know what? It's the, the Mayhem platform, I think people people really obviously associate CrossFit Mayhem with CrossFit, um, and and so that's, that's kind of the initial demographic, but that platform, uh, Rich Froning, what he's, what he's done in the CrossFit world has kind of put him on the world stage and his partnership with me really believing in mindset and the things that I've done as far as people development, personal development and athletic development over the past 12 years. He was a client of mine first and then really believed in the process and then became my partner. And so we're, we're having 
opportunity to talk to people at all different spark at all different sports. I've got uh, world champion mixed martial artists. I've got uh, um, I've got CEOs of companies, and I work with the barista at my local coffee shop. So hmm. um, I'm having an opportunity to talk to people in all areas of life, as and that's really really what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. So, Jim, just to go back to the uh, one you're saying that you said there about your moments of greatest opportunity or your darkest hour, whether you are enough. Could you elaborate a little bit on a follow-up a blog post you did on that about being ready versus being prepared and what, what you mean by that? Yeah. I think for me, this, this whole idea of what we call mayhem mindset now was born out of my own personal struggle. Uh, was it something that I read in a book or something that somebody helped coach me through? I, uh, 13 years ago, um, my wife left me and somebody that I had been, I'd known since I was seven years old, and I had two children, uh, daughters, who were, you know, like three and five at that point, and this was what I, I point back to now is my darkest hour. Um, I just, in that moment, of all that emotion and all that struggle, what I realized was I really didn't know who I was, and I didn't know what to do next, and I was really kind of clawing and scratching for for a way to move forward and and I didn't know what I believed in at that point and so I went through a process <laughs> sometimes it seems silly to say this but I, there's a movie a Russell Crowe movie called Gladiator and I had are you familiar with that movie? you guys yeah, know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I had put I put my girls to sleep one night and now I'm, I'm old so I'm like 50 this is back in the VHS tape days, you know, when you had your videotape. And I, I popped that thing in the in the VHS player, and it just happened to be on a scene in the movie where Russell Crowe is this has been the general and respected, and and then his family's been murdered, and just and and kind of he's he's now fighting on the Coliseum floor as as just a nobody gladiator, and and he's he's across from the. The, you know, the villain in the movie is this young, this young Caesar, and this young Caesar doesn't know who Maximus is, the main character. He doesn't know who he is, and they come face to face, and he demands that Maximus take off his helmet. And when Maximus takes off his helmet in the movie, he defines himself. My name is Maximus Aurelius Decimus, General of the Felix Legions, and and basically what he says is, "This is who I am. This is what I believe, and this is where I'm going." And it just struck me in the middle of my dark time. It struck me. I know it's a movie, but hey, check it out. In the darkest time, this guy knows he knew who he was. And that's exactly what I don't know. And so I set out every night coming home from work to define myself. All right. Well, geez. Not what my dad said. Not what anybody else said, a coach or anybody else in my life. But what is it that Jim Hensel really believes in? And I created a purpose statement. So I kind of had some ideas about purpose. I I worked on some core values, some meaningful core, core values, not just 10 neat words that you threw up on a wall, but actually something that really represented my strengths, my weaknesses, and my ideals, and then something to hold me accountable. And I called it the Strength and Honor Code after the movie. I had an artist draw me a crest. I tattooed that thing on my arm, and every choice and decision from that point in my life, just for me, this wasn't for anybody else, I made based on my code, and my life straightened out. And, and I became, I went back to coaching uh, football 
uh, just out of high school, local high school, where I, I had played football in college, and I went back to kind of want to help out. And I really realized that I could do more for somebody, helping them really define themselves, organize their value structure, figure out who they are, what they really believed in as a position of strength. And it really evolved from being a volunteer to high school to working at universities um, to having a, a private client base and, and now opportunities like working with CrossFit Mayhem and other professional athletes. So that's kind of the story and how I arrived at that space. And say let's let's rewind back a little bit, and if you could give some life lessons of what you've learned through this whole process, right? From coming from that dark star, from being in that moment with Gladiator, and you could give myself and Connor some life lessons that we can take from our room today. Maybe distill that down to two or three simple points for us. What would you give us? What life lessons from this whole process that's, that you've really lived through, Jim? Sure. Well, you asked me about ready versus prepared. Um, and I, I think I think everything that we do, I think language is important, right? So if it's not in language, it's not a tool. Uh, if you don't know what an AMRAP is yeah. in CrossFit, then you can't be successful in that workout, and it's that way with everything else we do in life. So, so for example, ready versus prepared. What I what what I, the word, the definitions that I use when I'm dealing with people or when I'm dealing with athletes, to me, ready means You've got your emotions under control at this point right now, but you actually haven't done the work to be prepared. And I find lots of people who are ready, but they go out the door, they seem to be motivated at this point, they're motivated, and they say they're ready. But then as we evaluate what they're actually doing in life, they just haven't put in the work yet to be successful. Prepared, prepared means we've actually done the work. So our emotions are under control at this point. We've got some skills, some mindset skills to be able to deal with maybe some of the negative things in our life. We've done physically, mentally, and spiritually what we need to do so that this when this opportunity gets put in front of us, either, either opportunity or a tough time, then we've actually put in the work to be successful in the opportunity or to grind through the adversity. So that, that, that's something very practical. And, and when I'm talking to people and they come to me and they say, yes, I'm ready. Oh, hold on a second. Are you actually ready or are you prepared? That's something very practical that we talk about. Okay. Very good, very good. So, Jim, you've obviously worked with, like you touched on there, a variety of different people in a variety of different industries. If we were to look at, say, distill that down to the sports industry and the, the business industry and say the military industry, are there any kind of certain characteristics that you've noticed over the years that are unique to each industry or are, are the kind of the real robust mental strengths, are they transferable across all industries equally? I think, I think the most important piece um, to me based on what I'm doing, you know, kind of what, what we do and what mindset is, is, is really about organizing your value structure. We, we, we talk about um, some sports psychology and some of those kinds of principles and things, but, but I, to me, it doesn't matter if you're a mom at home, uh, if you're in the military, if you're a professional athlete, I, I think this idea of identity ends up being really important. And, and so to, to me, it doesn't matter what you're doing, what the task is, what the job is. I think you've got to come at, come at that with a real clear idea of who you are as an individual an individual 
to the group effort. That's what makes a society successful, a team successful. And so what we're trying to get accomplished is we're trying to help we're trying to help somebody take a big step back and say, all right, who am I? Uh, what's purpose for me? What are my values? And then we, I like to talk about it in terms of a position of strength. I want you to be able to organize that, create that language for your life so that no matter what you're doing, you're super clear and you're prepared for opportunity and for adversity. And I think, I, I think, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of the fun thing about what I do. It just doesn't matter who I'm sitting in front of. It just doesn't matter. Um, I think that that having that ability and that understanding for our life, especially in the culture that we live in where we're barraged and we're hit with so much information, you know, what, whatever's going through, whatever's going through your eyes, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to filter that. And you gotta be able to process it and with social media and email and all those kinds of things. If, if you're not real clear about who you are as an individual, you're going to, and, and, and I don't even talk about something that's nefarious or evil. I'm just mean just the momentum of the culture is going to put you over in a spot that you don't want to be in. That's not real purpose filled. If you're not clear about that. Hmm. It's not often we're caught a moment when we're both having to think back to what you said. We're, we're really, Uh, I'm trying not to talk too much because sometimes some of the things I'm talking about, honestly, it's, Maybe it's not even what you guys expected when you were talking about, you know, when you want to call me and you want to talk about mindset things. It's really kind of a, I'm, I'm really challenging people to go through a process of, of defining themselves and understanding who they are as a person. And then let's connect that to performance. Let's, let's go run fast. Let's go jump high. Let's go move a barbell. Let's do whatever, whatever it is that you say you want to do with that real clear understanding and knowledge. And that you need to have your identity, understand habits, have good behaviors in place, and kind of understand what you're actually trying to achieve. What's your vision? For sure, I think there's there's a there's a real. We, I want to I want to draw a real clear delineation between the task. I call that the do capital D O. Here's here's the task. Here's your job. Here's your sport. Here's whatever that is. The, the, the part that I want to help you understand first is what I call your B, capital B, capital E. That's value, talents, and purpose. Let's understand that. Let's quantify that. Let's know what that is. And then let's connect it to the do. Let's make sure that you show up in adversity or in, in opportunity with a serious, clear understanding of who you are with some mindset tools to be able to deal with the challenges that you face. And that's different for all of us. And then the do. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to win. I'm not saying you're going to be successful. I don't know what that is. That's to be written. But what I know is you've got a real, you've got a real clear pathway and a fighting chance to be 100% of who you were created to be if you've got that understanding. We're not going to arrive in that dark time or in that opportunity and you're just like, well, shoot, I don't really know who the heck I am. And really at that point, we're, more, we're dealing with emotion at that point. A lot of people are, a lot of people spend all their time Many people spend all their time really trying to trying to figure out how to be motivated, and then figure out how to keep their emotions under control so that they can be successful. And we want to avoid that. We want to we want to create some actual tools so that so that really, honestly, we can be really present. This is this is Rich Froning's one of his greatest abilities that people look past. He can he can go to the competition or to his life for that matter and really be present in the moment and get to this idea of flow, 
because everything else around him is something that just kind of goes away and he can be present in the moment. And that takes a real strong understanding of these things, in my opinion. Jim, what I'd like to touch on briefly, and I'm going to nearly put Connor on the spot here now because I feel we both need to think a little bit more. The Mayhem Mindset Challenge, you, you asked back on the 10th of August 2018, what's the difference between perfection and excellence? And you made your own right. comment. And we both actually had did a little bit of preparation for this that we were more than a little bit ready, maybe. Let's put, put it that way. And we're going right. to see what Connor's kind of answer to that would be and then we'll we'll hear from yourself jim because i think it's an excellent sure. question and I, having read that i've thought about it a lot over the last couple of weeks sure mm, yeah i am on the spot here now i wasn't expecting this um i suppose perfection is i, I would in my mind i would have perfection as more of a target it's, it's something that's a little bit more abstract it's not something that many people if anyone ever truly achieves Whereas excellence might be more of a standard that somebody strives to consistently maintain. And by maintaining an excellent standard, you're a lot closer to getting towards perfection. But in my mind, perfection is might be some bit of an unattainable kind of house yeah. on the hill. Whereas uh, excellence is something we can all strive for and we can all achieve. And like, would it be yeah, you're, like you're trying to be the best that you can be at what you can be good or excellent at? And that might then help bridge that gap from excellence to like you were saying the metaphor kind of coming up the hill to that house which is perfection so it oftentimes it's probably hard to get to perfection but maybe you can be excellent to what you're what you've been put here to be excellent at and when you understand that through your your vision and your mission and you understand what makes you you that's probably how you could maybe get closer to perfection one day well, but what are your thoughts on yeah, that whole I like thing, all Jim? that yeah i like what you're saying and i'm in agreement with that um when i when i so in my own personal code... We're sweating buckets here, Jim. I put, yeah, no, you did good. I like it. <laughs> I, that, that's something that I can 100% get behind and agree with. I, I, In my own personal code, I spend a lot of my time just because of the way, you know, nurture and nature, trying to be perfect, reaching for this idea of perfection, and, and, and especially as a young person, really coming up short, you know, just continuing to be second best or or to fail at things because my standards were really high. And the, the pursuit of perfection left me frustrated, left me really frustrated. And I don't care if it was athletically or personally. Um, and so one of the things that we do in mindset is we, we want to look for a negative emotion that seems to be, or a negative thought or mindset that seems to get you down. And we want to replace that with something, clear some space, and replace it with something a value that's attainable, a value that you can work at. And so I've replaced this idea, this thought, this emotion in my life of trying to be perfect with the idea of being excellent. And then I define those words. It's super important, especially in what I do, to make sure that there's clarity about what a word means to you. And different words mean different things to different people. Uh, what you basically just said to both of you really kind of goes along with my thought process when it comes to those words. Per perfection was unattainable. I couldn't get there. Um, excellence was me doing my 100% best. Excellence left room for mistakes. And when I was young, I just didn't realize that making mistakes was one of the most important uh, principles in life to getting better and that we were going to make mistakes. I didn't want to make those mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And I wasn't making excuses for making mistakes, but it, it, 
in growth, we were going to make mistakes. And we had to pick ourselves back up and, again, aim at this idea of excellence and keep coming forward. So excellence really, the pursuit of excellence freed me. It allowed me to play big instead of play small. I quit worrying uh, athletically about making mistakes or what the coach was going to say. I wasn't coach conscious. I, I, I was able to be present in the game and just play football and not worry about making mistakes. And if I made those mistakes, I was going to do my best to get better, to revisit those mistakes, clean them up, and I didn't want to make them again. But the value of excellence freed me. And so I, I, and I'm 100% wholeheartedly, I think, I think there are a lot of ways people say this, you know, that, that, that really would match the philosophy that I think the three of us could agree on. Yeah, perfect. So, Jim, if I was to travel over to you um, and sit in your office across from you or sit in your gym across from you and you'd never met me before and uh, I said to you, why should I be willing to, to fail? What would you say back to me? Why should you be ready? Why? The what? question would be, why, why should I be willing to fail? Yeah, speaking about myself. Well, I mean, literally it's the only way to learn, right? If you're, if you're not willing to risk, there will be no reward. So how do, you, how do you balance that against the, the top achievers in business, the top achievers in sports, the top achievers in the military, where a failure for them could have fairly big consequences? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for sure we want to start small. And it's, it, it's, just, like, it's just like an athletic endeavor, um, to use maybe a weightlifting metaphor um, or an idea. You, if you're going to come to the gym and, and you've never power cleaned before, well, we're going we're gonna to talk about what that is as a technique. And you're going to have a PVC pipe in your hand. And, and you're going to be in a position where if you fail, um, it's not going to destroy you. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt you physically. And as as you grow and as you come forward and you, be, you learn the motor skills and 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 power cleaning becomes something that with the PVC pipe, something that you can you can demonstrate some sort of acumen. Then we're gonna put some weight on the bar. Um, so I, I think it's super important. You know, we're we're not gonna obviously we're not gonna send somebody into a high powered business meeting with a bunch of stakes. With somebody who hasn't proven themselves in a small way first. We're not going to send soldiers into combat. We shouldn't be sending soldiers into combat who haven't trained and aren't prepared. And, and I think it's exactly the same in life. You can't go running into life unless you have, I call it your 101. You have some sort of basic understanding, a, at least a 100 level understanding of identity and who you are. Um, I don't know. I don't know any. In any pursuit, experience means a ton, right? Yeah. Um, and so if you showed up in my office and you said, uh, you know, I don't know whatever your question would be, but you want to be a great CrossFitter, great. Then how many years you've been doing it? What's your skill level? Let's go out to the gym and let's see about that. But, but failure for sure is important. And you've got to fail in a place where it doesn't destroy you so that when you're in those spaces where, you know, the stakes are higher, your opportunity for success is greater. Right, I like that. Now, Jim, do you, how do you go about, say, defining success? You've had a successful day in the office. You know, we would say we've seen X amount of patients. We, they've come out, they, they feel better having, having seen us, and we've had two or three productive in-house meetings. You're a man 
that's educating the two of us today. But how do, how do you define your success for yourself personally at this current time in your life? Yeah, I love how you asked me that. I think that's really wise on your part because you, know, you asked me personally, which is cool. That's something that I can answer uh, fairly easily. Culturally, obviously, success means so many different things to so many different people. Um, because because I have defined myself, because I live by a code, because my choices and decisions and emotions are filtered through this code that I've written for my life. Um, for me, the idea of purpose and success are kind of synonymous. And and so I, I look at purpose in my life, and it's going to sound, it took a ton of time to arrive at these answers, and so I'm going to give you this, and it's going to sound maybe, I don't know, maybe not that much, not that, not, not that nuanced to you. And, and if I recited my code and who I am and what I believe, it would, it would maybe sound like some words that I said to you, but because of the meaning behind it and what's involved with it, it's super important to me. It's the lens that I see everything through for my day, all my choices, all my decisions. It's the filter that I live my life through. Um, so for me, if I were to say to you, what, what I know is purpose for me is to challenge, exhort, and encourage. Does that sound like something? I know we don't even know each other, and we've been talking now for whatever, 15 minutes. But if I were to ask you, does, do the words challenge, exhort, and encourage, does that, does that seem to fit me based on what you guys have heard? Would that seem right? Pretty, pretty close to us, yeah, I'd say. I'd say pretty spot on myself. I, I work really hard at what that is. And so so, so I, I, to challenge, exhort, and encourage is know what I, that's what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I could do that in a lot of different ways. Remember I talked about the do earlier, the capital D-O, the do, the task. Yeah, yeah. I could be a coach. I could probably, you know, I might, I might be able to work at a church. Um, I, I, I might be a good CEO. As long as I'm in a position to really be encouraging people, to challenging them, to move them forward, I'm living in some sort of purpose in my life. When I connect who I believe I am and identity and my do, I'm living in purpose. So I've got this idea of kind of what purpose is for me locked down. I've got this set of core values, fight, work, hope, facing family, excellence, purpose, responsibility, love, and freedom that I'm filtering through. Those values grow. They represent my strengths, weaknesses, and my ideals, and it's something that I'm working with all of the time. So, so for me, I know that if I'm getting up today and that the task I put in front of me is connected to what I believe is purpose for my life, and then it's and, and, and then I'm, I'm upholding and living through these values, and then I'm accountable to myself, that I, that I feel and I think. Those are two very separate things, feeling and thinking. I feel my emotions are, are in the right spot, and then I'm thinking with, a, with my critical mind, then that day for me is going to be one where when I go to lay down at night, I, 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 I both feel and think like I had a purposeful day. I've worked hard at that long enough now where that's kind of a default for me, where it's not a default for everybody else. But as long as that, because I know I control my attitude and my effort, those are the two things I know I have full control of. And I'm free at this point. I live in a space, in a country, in a state where I'm free to get to make those choices. Uh, I can keep that stuff in line. Then I know that I'm, I'm going to be successful today, and today is going to be a day that's filled with purpose. Very good. Perfect. Um, Jim, what are the some of the things you've seen over the years uh, that paralyze clients? I know you wrote a blog about it, what paralyzes you, but what are some of the more common things you've seen um, that you deal with, common fears that people have to overcome to really develop this robust mindset? You know, um, every one of 
human. And it, yeah. emotion, emotions give our life meaning, right? I really believe that. I Sometimes I get accused of trying to create like a, you know, like the, the Star Trek character data, you yeah. know? Brent um, I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of that at all. Um, uh, emotions give our, our life meaning. What would love be without emotion? You know, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Um, we know science has taught us that the first part of our brain that fires, the limbic part of our brain, is going to process emotion first. So we're all going to feel first. That's just to be human. second part of the brain that fires is the neocortex, and these are obviously simplified general terms, but yeah. that's that connects language in our life to the emotion. And so in what I do, um, I, I think that sometimes, sometimes and many times, well, I've never met somebody that said, hey, I've never made a choice or a decision based on emotion that I, I wish I had some. I mean, that's 100% part of who we are as humans. And so the things that paralyze us are certainly different, but it's but fear and those things are related to um emotion and and negative emotion and maybe you know work with guys that they're just way too happy doing stupid stuff they sold their business for a hundred million dollars and we're way too successful and and weren't anchored in a way that they need to be anchored so i'm always challenging my clients all right let's let's take a look at the emotion that gets in the way in your life and let's work at that and create some skills and some tools so that when that emotion pops up you're ready to deal with it and and uh, and then and then we all have a story, you know. Um, my story was my wife left me, um, and for many years I kept taking that negative story, and I I I thought about it all the time. So and then I put that I put that story in my present, and then I put that story in my future, and I kept circling them, circling back around to that story, that story, and it was destroying me. And so I had to do some work to be able to deal with that. So I think emotion and the stories of our lives. It's different for each one of us, but those are the things I think we have to aim at to figure out exactly what it is that paralyzes you and then create tools to confront it and overcome it. Very good. Um, Jim, what I want to ask you here, before we get into our kind of high-performance questions that we tend to ask a lot of our listeners here in the podcast, you being a man of such chosen and inspirational words, let's put it like that, I'd like to ask you three favorites. Um, I'd like to ask you what your favorite book and then your favorite motto and then your favorite word are. And those are things that I'd like to kind of take away from this. Wow. I think, um, man, I love books. <laughs> so do we. Um, I love to read. I love to read. Um, I, I just I've just completed uh, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I I I really respect that guy. Um, I think he's he's way smarter than me, um, way smarter than me. But so many of the things that he says, he helps me say what I want to say better. I love language, you know. And I think that's really what I'm trying to help people do. I, I'm trying to help you say what you believe in a better way, so you can actually do it. So, uh, 12 Rules for Life um, was a book that I completed, and I'd recommend that to anybody. Um, I live by, I, I have a motto, uh, positive values anchor us through adversity and ground us in success. My, my niche, um, 
I'm not the smartest guy. I'm, I'm, I don't claim to be anything other than I am. Um, the thing that I'm trying to help people with is to organize their value structure and, and to write a code for their life and to create that language. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm saying this all the time. Positive values anchor through adversity and ground you in success. Who are you? What do you believe? Where you're going? Um, that's the motto. And what was the third thing you asked me? I'm not that smart. I your, can't, I can't keep all three of those things in my mind. Your favorite word. Not Man, easy. It could be two words. Um, you guys have put me on the spot there. I've never had anybody actually say, what is your favorite word or your favorite two words? Because words are a big deal to me, man. I, words are powerful. Well, and I want to be able to share mine with you after, but I want to hear yours. I think, I think for me, the, my favorite two words are strength, and honor okay. because strength and honor is how I've, what I've named my codes. And, and that is the simplified quick way that takes me to all the things that I believe in and all the things I've worked at. Not a nice tie into gladiator there as well, Jim. Yeah, that's where it came from. I didn't know what else to call it, man. I called it the strength and honor code. Yeah. And that meant challenge, exhorting courage. That meant fight, work, hope, facing family, excellence, purpose, responsibility, and love. My name is James Dean Hensel. I'm a son of God. I'm a challenger, exhorter, encourager. I will run to the battle. Because in the battle, I find peace. It, it, all the language that I created so I could stand in front of the mirror and at least be able to say, this is who I am and this is what I believe and have a fighting chance in my day to deal with adversity and to deal with opportunity that came from, that was the idea. Let me, let me take all of that language and distill it down to something that was very meaningful, the strength and honor code. And I think it's only fair. your question? Absolutely. And I think it's only fair that we, we share maybe what I would say to that. And then we'll ask Connor. My, my favorite book would be um, probably the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. I was given that. Sure. I was given that by a close friend and colleague about three years ago. I probably read it about ten times. My favorite motto is the Serenity Prayer. Do you know it? Mm, sure. I don't. Know. I can't quote it, but I know what you're talking about. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, yeah. Any time myself and my wife are going through anything with our baby or work or family, we we tend to say that to each other, and. My favorite word, that's why I asked you, would be more two to three for me. I have a tattooed on my arm, and it's Itu Tangata. And what that means in Maori, because I lived in New Zealand, means to stand uh -huh. tall. And it's not a physical thing. Oh, I love it. But it's more of a, you know, be proud of what you're doing, hold yourself accountable, all those sort of attributes. So stand tall. I learned it when I was in Auckland. So what about you, Connor? I love it. <laughs> I'm on the spot again. Uh, well, this is going to be a massive anti-climax for anyone who's listening because I don't really have um, or I don't tend to read massive amounts of motivational books or business books. So I read to, as a form of escapism. So one I really liked was Shogun. I think it was James Clavell. It was about Japanese culture. But uh, the early yeah. the early days, and I was reading it because I was traveling to Japan and that just sticks out. I really enjoyed it. So that would probably be my favorite book. But it's uh, definitely in the fiction category. Well, semi-fiction, I suppose. <laughs> Um, what was the uh, second one? Do you have um, a favorite motto? 
Yeah. My favourite motto, I'm going to actually steal this one from Jake Hutchinson, who we spoke to a while ago, which was, I'm pretty sure it was Jake who said it was the Tyson quote about everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I like that about uh, yeah. constantly being aware. I like that a lot. Yeah, and being, being on your toes. And like you said, being ready versus being prepared. And my favourite word would probably be a word that is probably reflects how I'd like to live my life, how I would ideally like to live, which is probably just laugh or laughter. Because I like, uh, I, oh. I think uh, if you're not having that, what's the point? That would be my, uh, <laughs> that yeah. would be my take on it anyway. Not, not very insightful, like but there you go. I like it. Oh, pressure's off now again. No. <laughs> um, very good. So just before we go, actually, Jim, we'll wrap up with three final high performance questions that we uh we spin to everyone who comes on. So again, they're they're quick for everyone. just to get your thoughts on. The first one is how would what would be your definition of high performance? Becoming one hundred percent of the person you were created to be. Very good. Very didn't see that answer coming. Very very good. Secondly, how would you reset yourself if something has not quite gone to plan? What would be your would it be a mantra? Would it be a, a certain mindset technique you use to regain your focus? Or what would be your, your quick advice to me if something goes wrong and I need to get back on track quickly? Are you free? Is your mind free right now? Are you being influenced or are you an influencer? I want to create some space every morning where before my mind is open to influence, email, social media, all those kinds of things, that I can really be in a space where I can reorganize and aim at my truth. For me, I go outside and shoot a bow. I'll spend 20 minutes outside. No input, shoot at a target, be in a space before I allow my life or my mind to be influenced that I'm clear about who I am and what my truth is. Re-aim at my truth daily. Great, perfect. And then I know you have this a lot on your, your website, Jim, but we're just going to phrase it slightly differently about how you define yourself. But what would be your big three things in life at the moment that, that sum you up as a person? You know, I, I'm, I'm facing some of the greatest challenges of my life when it comes to business. Um, and I'm really not that smart in that environment. I love to talk to people, you know. I, I love to be in front of somebody and coach people. Um, so the, the, I, I've got a philosophy right now, and it's, it's, it's sprint. I've, I've, I've really kind of set up, okay, here's sprint one, here's sprint two, and here's sprint three. Because I battle with trying to have everything perfect. And I've got to remember to aim at excellence and I got to remember to get done today what's possible to get done and, and to be okay with that and to stop and to leave it and to go home and put it away. And, and we're, we've kind of completed sprint one and now we're into sprint two as it relates to business for me and growing the course and all of that. So I've got to be really intentional about that. So I keep my emotions under control and I can, and I can move everything forward. Great. Perfect. Jim Hensel, myself and Connor are really grateful that you came on today to, to talk to us, to educate us, to talk about words, wisdom, what is your be, and essentially you've helped us try to understand a little bit more about the two of us here, which is something we don't get to experience each and every day. So you, you will change the way we talk, you know, you talk about that. And um, look, we're, we're going to try to understand the language of the game a little bit more. We've both really enjoyed speaking sure. to you today. And... Um, 
thanks very much for coming on. Hope to hope to meet you someday, maybe in Tennessee, or maybe I'll find your way over here to Dublin and we'd look after you. It'd be nice to catch up. Man, I'd love that. I really appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to talk with you today and hopefully hopefully we'll have done something to help uh, somebody come forward and be successful. Absolutely. Jim, word. Thanks, Jim. Cheers. Take care. Thank you.